0: Welcome to the Business Influencer Podcast, where we will be interviewing and exploring the success stories of entrepreneurs, business leaders, senior policymakers, and getting insights from thought leaders around the issues of the day. We will be delving into and analysing the latest news around tech, geopolitics, finance, global business, entrepreneurship, property, leadership, law, philanthropy, and life. This podcast is available on all platforms, But for those of you who prefer to watch, uh, we have the Natural Media YouTube channel. Please subscribe and you can watch all the interviews. Uh, You can also follow the show's updates on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. Please do leave a review as it helps to get the word out and about. Uh, My name is Ninda Johal. I am the co-founder of The Natural Group, the Signature Awards and co-publisher of the Business Influencer Magazine. And I will be your host for the show. In this episode, I speak to West Midlands-based entrepreneur, Tim Andrews, whose family runs the market-leading, large-scale printer, Hollywood Monster. Uh, he describes his journey of starting a business, the challenges and opportunities that family businesses present, and gives us a real insight into how his business coped with COVID-19. He finally explains the importance of community work and why he's so heavily involved in working for the community and for which, by the way, he was recently awarded an MBE. So let's pop over and have a listen to so many nuggets, so many great insights from the entrepreneur, Tim Andrews, MBE. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Um, Well, so today is um, an early morning start, but you had a very late finish last night, and that's because... um, you were at Buckingham Palace or uh, Windsor, Windsor, Windsor Castle, yeah. collecting your gong. Can yeah. we have a quick look at your gong? And yeah, of show and tell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry for go. those who are listening on podcast. Let's just say it's an impressive <laughs> MBE. Yeah. Um, and of course, we'll pick that up a bit later on as to, you know, what yeah, led yeah. to you being at uh, Windsor Palace. But that's, um, listen, brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you for taking that time. Uh, we, uh, we've known each other for a while. Um, you've supported my events, so thank you very much for that. But we also spoke right in the middle of COVID, right in the middle. And, and I just thought it'd be quite in the eye of the storm. Eye of the storm. <laughs> um, and, and so I thought it'd be quite good to catch up on what's happened since. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, just understanding family businesses, how you run one, um, what you do outside of business that can help you become a better leader. And of course, we'll pick up the charity work for which you were recognized yesterday and congratulations again. So let's kick off with Hollywood Monster. Um, So your large scale print. How did you end up sitting where you are now? How did you end up... Because your father started it. Is that right? Uh, no,
1: well, me, me and my father started it together, actually. Ah, okay. um, so my father was made redundant. And uh, at the time, I was converting my loft, or my mum and dad's loft, uh, into a, a space where I could set my own little printing business up. Okay. So doing letterheads, compliment slips. Remember those? Yes. Um, <laughs> and And... Um, it was. It was going to be a just a very small thing. I've always wanted. I've always had that entrepreneurial sort of flair as a, as a kid, yeah. and always wanted to uh, be like my my dad's employer. Actually, uh, he was like my shining star that I always wanted to be. Right. And uh, he gave me the hunger and the you know the desires and obviously the the fruit that's generated from being a successful entrepreneur. Um, so I, I, I'd already started converting the loft space. Yeah. Uh, anyway my dad was uh, had the awful news which hit him quite hard because he's always been employed um he's always been a, a manual worker shall i say started mm-hmm. off in the farming then into jcb driving you know so he was always at the cutting edge of sort of uh, getting his hands dirty yeah. and rolling his sleeves up and uh, so he'd never ran a business at all um i'd done uh, a little bit of uh, un- well not university but college training uh running a business and it was it was just in me to to want to do it and uh, and really, that's where I started. Uh, I, I sort of naturally was the sort of the business side of, uh, of Hollywood Science, as it was then. Yeah. Um, but uh, my dad was the the one that got his hands dirty. So,
0: so that's interesting. Um, recently, I interviewed Joe Foster, Reebok, yeah. and um, he was working for his dad yeah. and then left because his dad and he diverged in terms of where taking the business. So. So interestingly, your father started it with you, although he had a clearly a role. How did you find working with your father and, and generally people in family business how did you find yeah that?
1: i i mean i' i've, I've t- I was a member of the Academy of Chief executive actually for three years. I'm not sure if the organisation is still going, but actually one of the best things that I ever did in terms of um, training, you can go to university, you can go to college mm. and, and learn MBAs and that sort of thing, which are all great. Um, but actually learning off people that have been there and done it is actually far more, uh, far more valuable mm-hmm. in my experience. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the people around the table... Uh, are people actually well known in Birmingham? Not going to it's unfair to name their names, but I learnt off the very best actually, and uh, and I think it's it, it's just so um, um, it's so important to, to learn off off uh, off them, um, and and I've used it to hopefully. Uh, but but how did you use... get on with your dad? Was was it, yeah. was it easy? Yeah. Was so, it sort of your roles were so quite pe- clear? Yes, yeah, so the people that are in the room, um, they they know this, the story inside out. It was the board that you can't afford as it were and they gave me lots of advice. Because of course, some of them are, come from family businesses. Yeah. Uh, to answer the question, it was very tough at times. Mm. Um, my dad had a very different style, leadership style, literally two by two, get people up the wall type, yeah. <laughs> t- t- whereas I'm, uh, I'm very different to that. Uh, but my dad was very much a, uh, you know, he measured people whether they were sweating. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I met yeah. I measure people with their output, you yeah. know, in terms of what's their objective. Yeah. Um, and so it was very different, we clashed very, very much. Um, and it did test, you know, the family unit. Um, my, my, my poor mom, <laughs> she, she's always the one that used to get us from both sides. I'd go crying to my mom, and, and of course, my dad used to go home moaning and shouting about uh, about myself and, and, and the clash of two personalities, really. Um, but it was tough, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, my dad, as you know, is no longer with us. Yeah, sure. uh, we lost him four years ago. Um, he taught me how not to be a business partner quite often. Uh, and you know what? That's actually as, as, as good a... You know, he, that is as important... Um, as teaching you how, how to do things as well I think um, and uh, and I wouldn't be the person I am today obviously if it wasn't for my dad um, but he, he taught us one thing that just shine out from from the rest of the qualities uh, is you've got to work hard uh, nothing comes to you in this life mm. easily unless, of course, you drop onto something that you're very, very yeah. fortunate or lucky. Um, yeah. Yeah. But 99.5% of businesses is all about working hard and, uh, and putting the business before, before family life quite often.
0: And, and for those who are embarking on running a business with family members or are in the middle of it, were you able to separate work
1: from home? Or or did it naturally just spin Um, over and you have to accept that's just the way of life? Well, it it is definitely the way of life and it was very much. um, But it's also, you've got to remember, I was 21 (coughs) years of age. uh, And you have a very different view on life altogether, I think, at 21 Mm. than you do at 51. Um, I I put everything into my business. um, Mm. And uh, my view at the time was, well, I'm young enough, I'll enjoy life. (laughs) later on, yeah. but of course it was what I wanted to do. Yeah. This was my life working, uh, and I'm not just talking about walking, working seven or eight hours a day, I'm talking working 12, 14 hour yeah. days, uh, six and sometimes seven That's days right. a week. That's right. Um, so it, 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 what I, had young, I had children at a young age. If I'm being brutally honest with you, I can't remember them. There's been small babies. Mm. I was out working all the time. Mm. So there is a cost, yeah. um, without a doubt and anybody going into business has got to be prepared to make some sacrifices. I'm not saying don't don't see their kids growing up because of course, that's something I do regret, um, but we've got great relationship, uh, father and son relationships. So there's no long-term damage done, but of course it did come at a cost, not having the memories, only changing nappies at sort of 11 o'clock at night in the mm. middle of the night, you know, which isn't quality time really.
0: Mm. Interesting, and, and a final comment just on, on, um, on, on the family business aspect before we move on, is how did your members of staff cope with a family business? Do they find it a little more difficult than people in a pecking order? Does that, uh, does that make sense? So that yeah, well,
1: it's, it's probably, I'm the wrong person to ask, I think. Um, the, the, fam- the business is still family. Um, yeah. So my business partner uh, is now my sister's husband, and his brother. So it's still, it's still but yeah. not one family, but two families now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's still a very much family, and the values in this business run as if it is a, a large family. Bit of a cliche, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it really is a family business. Um, I, and, and, and actually, I'm involved in other businesses, but usually the, the family businesses are the ones that have really got that DNA, and that's real nice. There's no corporate... BS, it's, it's yeah. you know it's, and you're all uh, going in the same direction and we are all going in the same direction yeah um, and, and that's really important of course in any business yeah. if your leading team yeah. uh, values differ then of course and differ you know from one end of the spectrum to the other then it causes problems um, but we've all, got a, we've all got a similar value set um, and of course that runs right th- throughout the business uh, and the culture of the business
0: uh, just before we move on to COVID let's just explain exactly what you do so it's large scale print so we're talking
1: huge
0: huge yeah. printing format is that, is that right? just a bit about yeah, the business
1: well, it, so, right, so the business is two businesses in one okay. um, we merged Hollywood Signs which is a signage business which predominantly focused on property signage um, property marketing signage so construction developers signage Um in the, the last recession, 2008, the financial crash, yeah. uh, that business really struggled. Okay. Um, and one of the learnings from it, albeit we were very much, our USP and our very much focus was the property industry. One of the learnings from that is that you need to spread mm-hmm. more eggs in more baskets, um, not, not just one sector. So we, we started a uh, print business up, which served many sectors. Uh, and this was the wide format. Uh, 2009, we merged them together. Okay. Um, to reduce overheads, yeah. and they fit nicely together. They do. Um, so we're not just wide formats. However, the way technology has gone, majority of signage these days is produced in large format print process. But of course, there's still the uh, the metal bash in the steel fabrications, the electricians. You know, there's still many other trades that mm. dovetail into to signage and graphics. So, in, in real terms, we're a signage and graphics business that does. Super wide format, Uh, but super wide format in the exhibition and events industry is uh, where we know each other from. Uh, Is is a you know it's a big big part of our business now, Um, and obviously the pandemic has completely destroyed that industry. Well, closed that industry. Um, It's uh, you know it's knocked us again. So not only was we affected the last recession because of the financial crash we've been hit again because of this one. Now, all businesses suffer, you know, one way or another through, uh, through uh, recessions and the pandemic. Um, unfortunately, it affected both of ours in a negative kind of way.
0: So, so let's look at COVID now, then you've led onto that. Um, as I said, we spoke right in the middle of it. Um, and as someone who runs events, listen, we came to a standstill. Um, and of course, you were uh, your major customers were people in events. And and I remember you saying, uh, you said every morning it was difficult. You'd get out of bed and you'd think, well, I have to be positive because everybody at the workplace will look to you for leadership. And, and so did you find your leadership style had to change? You had to be a lot more different than you were prior to COVID, if that makes
1: sense. Yeah, um, right. So family business, quite often what comes with family businesses is... Um, taking a long time to make decisions. Yeah. So sitting on the fence, uh, so there was lots of staff within the business that we had no time to, you know, to procrastinate. Yeah. We had to make decisions, take costs out of the business to save the business. Yeah. Um, but I tell you what, one thing that was, you know, looking back, what COVID did to us, it gave us time, it gave us time to reflect, time to think about where our overheads are, and what's really important to our business. Yeah. And actually, the market. So, one of the things that it did teach me, and of course, it seemed every MBA is look at yourself, look yeah. at your your market, look at um, you know, look how you you're going to stand out from the crowd. And yeah. of course, if there's less food, you've got to yeah. you know stand more chance of getting that. And and, and in our industry, it's very much that you know the most markets were closed, um, so we had to look at ourselves to see how we stand out head and shoulders above our competition. Um,
0: and, and, and What about you as a person? How did you, how do you think you changed,
1: um, or did you? Well, I'm not so sure I actually changed, mm-hmm. but but I think one one lesson for me is as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, um, if you've got a decision to make, then make it. Don't sit on the fence. Don't wait because the cost of not making a decision is far higher and far greater. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, let's be honest, you know, everybody, we're all in it together. And, you know, having to make people redundant as sad and as hard as it was, everyone respected that decision, you know, because of, of, of a need to. Mm. Um, and we're all very resilient people, aren't we? And, and I think, you know, that's one thing that, it, you know, it, it sort of made me realise, you know, we are quite resilient uh, as a business and as a people.
0: Yeah, it was, it was interesting because at the time... Um, there was a lot of press around you because you were really advocating for support for the events industry. Yeah. You had just been w- which absolutely we. Decimated.
1: We, uh, we didn't get much support. No. However, one thing that I'm really grateful of is the furlough scheme. Yeah. I've read lots of people knocking it, no. criticising it, but it saved our business. And, you know, at the end of the day, should we say, um, we are. We are a client of the revenue, you know, and had they have not supported us, we yeah. would not be paying our corporation tax and our PAYE today. Yeah. So it was important for the government to keep us alive uh, and many other businesses out there. And, we, you know, we, we had nearly a million pounds worth of furlough support into this business. But that's because we needed it. You know, we our, 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 most of our staff were at home, not working. Um, so had we have not had it, we wouldn't be. I wouldn't be setting this. Newly refurbed office now.
0: Well, it was interesting because the stats show that the furlough did work because now we don't have did the you. high unemployment everybody expected. Yeah, um, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I I think it was a brave move at the time, and I think it was a well documented move, and I think it's worked well. Um, and you're absolutely right. You're not alone. There's a lot of businesses that are now around today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's whilst, you know the first scheme was great, and it was. Uh, I'm not going back on what I've just said Um, but of course many of our staff were paid a lot more than the the cap that the furlough scheme produced so overall in that nearly two year period cost us 1.4 million I think it was so that's come out of our balance sheet you know so as a business we're a lot less financially stable than we were before Uh, we've got some debt around us but we're still here and that's the important thing you know uh, and and one of our mantras for our business is you know what's the value of a client's lifetime not just in one order and uh, and, I th- and it, it goes it goes in, in this basis you know we we, um, we we want to be here in 20 years time 30 years time and uh, you know in the next generation that will be running the business we want it to be there for them so it's it's you know the the furlough is, give us that orbit we've got some debt around ourselves but at least we're still trading and we're trading, trading strong and almost stronger than we were before because ah. we've come out of the pandemic a lot more leaner yeah. um, and the ability to make money is a lot easier.
0: I, I've noticed um, certainly since we last came but I did notice it before but it's a bit more pronounced a lot of green around the place so you seem to be chasing or yes. pursuing a green agenda I know there was a um, I know you're making sustainability uh, at, yep. at the sort of core of your operation. So I suppose the question I would ask, um, is it sustainable? In other words, um, by using certain
1: materials,
0: yeah. uh, are you now suddenly a bit more expensive than everyone? Or, uh, or, no, Or, or actually, does it give you competitive advantage? No, so,
1: so right. So sustainability, or mm. um, well, ESG, what everyone's talking about <laughs> yeah. now, uh, which I'm well into. Um because it really sort of fits like a glove with me ESG and uh, what it all stands for but but the sustainability arm we've been looking at sustainable materials for years um, even before the last recession and the, pro- the the reason being is because the majority of materials that we use are made of plastics okay and as we all know anything going into a landfill um, will not degrade for many 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 years That's right. and that you know, sits doesn't sit right with myself. We don't know where the majority ends up, but I guarantee it probably does end up in a landfill. So we, as a business, during the pandemic, gave, gave us a little bit more time to do a little bit more research. That's what we're, I'm talking about. The time, uh, and and we've basically we're the first business in the UK to come out. Uh, this is in our sector yeah. to say we're banning PVC. Okay. So at the end of this year, we will not have PVC bought into this business, whether a client wants it or not. Now, of course, that gives us a few challenges because, yeah. um, you know, we've, we've, we've replaced most materials, but some still aren't replaced. Now, of course, if there isn't a, a material on the market, come the end of this year, then, you know, we're going to have to reassess. But we are doing all the stretch tests, strength tests on the materials, and 95% of our materials up to now have been replaced with non-PVC versions, and... Um, and the sort of the, the, the green element to that is just phenomenal. Um, you know, it's replacing materials that will degrade very quickly in landfill and also can be can be incinerated, can be burnt. Uh, PVC can't, you see, because of the, the toxic gases that it mm. emits. So that gives us a strong USP against our, you know, and I put the pandemic down to that. That gives us that edge um, and of course, everyone else is going to follow, and rightly so. Yeah. But they can't pinch the fact that we're the first, you know. And, and that's really quite powerful as but, a, as a business. But did it
0: make you more expensive?
1: No. So oh, no. yeah. So we've actually we've been working with the mills, uh, China and Germany, where the mo- most of the stuff comes from. And actually, we've got the materials at pretty much the same cost. It's about five percent more expensive to us, but we're we're maintaining our. Uh, uh, our costs but dare I say it, our industry is about cost but we're not known to be the cheapest um, you know it's all about value added and our materials, our products we believe we've got the Rolls Royce machines our people are the what makes a Hollywood monster and you've got to pay for that and we're not, we're never wanting to be the cheapest uh, and nor should your we. stuff's good your so stuff's again. Good. your stuff is good so again, your stuff is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. It's, it's good high quality yeah. stuff. Um, but it comes at a price, you know, and uh, and actually everyone's got more responsibility as well to be buying, not just cheap, but buying, correct, you know, and and making sure the materials, you know, the, the impact they're having on on the planet.
0: Yeah, we, we ordered some stuff recently for an exhibition. It was strong stuff.
1: It's good yeah. stuff. Um, so uh,
0: excellent. Uh, 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 I must admit one of your strong points and I'm wondering how you is uh, you just mentioned in uh, your customer service uh, how important has that been in what is a competitive price driven industry
1: yeah it's it's massive I mean our proximity to the NEC helps um in the exhibition industry but we're, we're working seven days a week so one of the first things that we did come out of the pandemic where everybody was struggling for 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 work Uh, we said right we're going to put on seven day a week 24 hour service now you might think well why does anybody want something at two o'clock in the morning well I guarantee you they do (laughs) Uh, and the fact that we're just up the road from the NEC um, gives us that ability to you know for the exhibitions that are on and it's always last minute when you need something Um, and just being able to you know customers phoning us up at ten o'clock at night we will answer the phone and that is, that is really massive yeah. in a service-driven industry. Right. Um, majority of our c- competitors, you won't get them to answer the phone after five past five. That's not good enough. Um, you know, So we're, we are all about service and customer I, I, service. I can vouch for that in Leicester. I was calling, we were speaking at about six o'clock. People
0: yeah, were taking yeah. calls. Uh, just before we move on, um, you mentioned the word ESG. And for those who don't know, E stands for the environmental, S is for the social, and G for the governance, so... It, it, it is uh, currently sort of a hot topic. It's the uh, new CSR. Yes, it's, yes. but It's been expanded. Now, uh, people in the Midlands and certainly Birmingham know you for more than just Hollywood Monster. Uh, and going back to the start of the interview, we talked about you being picking up an MBE. And that was for your charity work. So a little bit about Love Brom and certainly the Birmingham City Football Club ladies team. But I suppose the question I want to ask before you tell me what those two ventures were about is, why not just stick to business? What what, what made you and led you to do things outside of the business,
1: which did and does take up a lot of your time? Um, I, I guess, well, the the charitable, I, um, the charitable reasoning. Uh, as a kid, I was. We used to be members of the caravan club and I was the vice chair of the uh, the junior committee. Okay. It means nothing to anybody unless they used to go caravanning. But yeah. basically that was charity. That was raising money. Um, and that was raising money for cancer research, actually, because many of my uh, uh, family have died of, of the dreadful disease. And and it was something that's quite close to our family. You know, we, we wanted to... I wanted to raise money for, for that. Um, and I just, I just... I used to love doing it now love brum was set up because i felt that a lot of the large charities get mm. all the money and the small ones yeah. don't yeah. and me dave mclean uh, we know each other as because of dave mclean yeah. me dave mclean and uh, and pj um you know, we got our heads together in a pub actually over a beer and said and also on a bike ride you know what what does birmingham need and and Love Brum came out of it really, which is an organisation that promotes, gives spotlight to the small organisations of the city, um, giving them small grants. Um, but they're volunteer led, so the small grants actually go a long, long, long way. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and, and Love Brum is, is basically that umbrella organisation that's grant making to all these really cool. Volunteer-led organisations of the city that are making the city a better place, and and let's face it, Birmingham, as awesome as it is, is hurting in many places. Um, and Brum gives that little bit of hope, um, and and also civic pride back to the city because Birmingham has suffered with its civic pride, I believe, in the years gone by. Um, you know, and just make, re, re, just reminding people how cool our city is and what good people live in it.
0: And and and, and often, um, people forget um, when they read the headlines. they think entrepreneurs don't give back, but entrepreneurs do give back. And you're a you're a shining star of giving back yeah. to the city. That's
1: yeah. Well, it comes back to moral responsibility as well. You know what I mentioned earlier. Um, and one of my moral responsibilities is to give back to people yeah. less fortunate um and that's not just money no. quite often time yeah. and uh it makes me feel good um it motivates me um one of my values is is all about giving back and and you know i think any entrepreneur i'd recommend to do that because um, it's not just about me it's the staff as well this is what the staff think you know and we're all built in the same kind of way. Yeah, we all want to help each other, and nice. certainly Brummies do. And uh, if you want to build a great culture in your business, then charity is a great foundation to build on.
0: That's, I think that's an excellent, excellent point you made there. Mm. The culture can pick up if they know you. Yeah.
1: Uh, and what about Birmingham City ladies team?
0: Now, that, that's a classic example of you um, understanding... The importance of diversity and inclusion. Yeah. because you went outside the norm, if that makes sense. Most people gravitate towards.
1: And you're saying, I remember the board meeting. Came back and said that I wanted to be the shirt sponsor and sponsor Birmingham City Ladies, and they went, "Ladies, do they play football?" <laughs> um, honestly, it yeah. was. Now I'm talking ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, now, yeah, we. I got involved in in that, and you know what? One of the best parts of my life, actually, there was. It pulled me. It pulled me away from my business. So many owner-managed businesses. What holds them? What holds that business back is usually the owner. Um, it allowed. It, it made me pull back from the business. And do you know what? Everyone steps up into that vacuum yeah, that's, yeah. that's left, and the business was better off for it. Um, but actually, me personally, I was better off for it as well because it gave me. It took me out of my comfort zone. You know, standing. You know, I remember the first meeting, standing up, singing a song, in in, with all the team members. We were in Sweden. Um, You know, that that was like that was a real that really did take me out of my comfort zone. Um, And so did the whole, the whole experience. I learnt such a lot. Um, I do have an ambition to run a football club one day. Um, Nice. Ladies football gave me that. Uh, It was an apprenticeship, really, but of course, with all the business experience that I've got, I think makes me and gives me puts me in a good position in order to do that. Um, I I do love the sport, um, uh, but I also believe it's run quite badly as a whole. I'm generally speaking now because some of them, some of the clubs are run very well, but it's those that are very successful, um, you know, and 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 it was honestly winning the FA Cup was just just something, like me standing in the in the royal box semi, uh, in the final of the FA Cup um, we lost to Man City unfortunately, but I was stood next to the uh, you know the uh, the chairman of the FA um, handing the FA Cup over. Um, nice. A little bittersweet because one of the girls receiving the cup was a girl I'd just sold <laughs> to oh. Man City the week before um, but do you know what it was something that I was very proud of and living with me forever you know mm-hmm. and, and it's definitely up here with the MBE um, you know having the FA Cup in the house when we won it uh, the night after we won I put it underneath the TV and watched it again on replay um, that's quite special.
0: And Interesting that 10 years ago you saw the potential now, we see it on TV but yeah it's a different game now
1: yeah little did you think it's a different game now to what it was yeah um I spent a lot of time trying to encourage the media to pick it up yeah yeah uh, and also the corporates to sponsor it yeah um you yeah, we were working on a budget at the time from memory about, about half a million quid a year you couldn't you couldn't run a ladies team in the top league for that sort of money now um it's at least doubled um but the game has changed um, but it's still got a long way to go to the men's compared to the men's game uh, so the opportunities there are quite massive still um, you know but a lot of the big clubs now have got ladies teams yeah, they have, uh, and they see the importance of running a ladies team or women's team as they're now called um, but yeah it, it took me fr- away from business and gave me a Gave me a um, a hobby, I suppose, is the an interest outside of work. Yeah. And again, I think that's really important for yeah. entrepreneurs is to have an an outside interest as well, not just work. Work, work, work. work yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I've, I've sort of noted them. We'll, we'll sort of come back
0: to towards the end. Um, now, so you're an entrepreneur, uh, set up your business, uh, got heavily involved outside interests, but those interests also include. Have I got this right? Investing in other businesses. Yeah. Um, and so, so why, why, and, and what do you look for when you be, before you decide
1: to invest? Well, I've always, I always like the Dragons Den type style yeah. um, programs, uh, and I always, I'm not invested in that many. If I'm being brutally honest with you, um, but I, I, I've always worked on the premise, you know, if I'm going to be when I retire, I'm going to. Leave a legacy. I yeah. need. To, I want to leave more than just my business. I want to okay. get involved in many other different things. And, I, and I, but I think that the main reason for that is because when, I think once you've run one business, as Hollywood Monster business, I think you can go in, and with me, football experience as well. Yeah. You can actually run pretty much any business. Okay. You can give the principles the same, one hundred percent the same. Principles the same. You, you, all the lessons I've learned, and I've learned some really expensive ones along the road. <laughs> I can. I can pass on my experience to young entrepreneurs. The mistakes that I've made over the years, I will stop them making the same mistakes. And I'm involved in a few different businesses now, not necessarily invested, but I'm investing my time um, as a non exec yeah. kind of role. Um, and my biggest, without doubt, my biggest USP has uh, been a non exec is my black book and is my experiences. You know my experiences of making mistakes that I don't want them to make the same again, and actually, it's it's a lot cheaper hiring me than making those mistakes. (laughs) I was speaking to Alan Layton, um, ex CEO of Asta,
0: and um, Royal Mail, and he's got a lot of non-exec roles, and he said it's down to two things: product and people. You understand product and people, you can run any business. Yeah, yeah. And as long as you get that
1: right product yep. of the people, yep. and he said his role... I put technology in there as well. Um, I, think, I think I always say it's the three. Yeah. Um, and you mix all those together and you get a lot of problems, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and being able to navigate through those problems and foreseeing those problems comes from experience, yeah. comes from doing it before, yeah. and, and I think that's where, uh, where I can add maximum value what drives you um money yeah um pride uh, me and my girlfriend um recently she's into her values she loves yeah, yeah she does <laughs> doing that all that sort of stuff and you know and and she keeps asking me what is it that drives you and it always comes back to money and pride um but there are lots of other drivers as well of course um, but they're my two top ones, um, and and it's not because I'm greedy. I have I have no money saved. I mm. spend everything. I live my life to the max. Uh, well, I love my life. You.
0: you definitely live your life to the max. Yeah, yeah. and I
1: love my life, and you know, and uh, and I, and I uh, the more people that can come on that journey with me, the better. You know, and I really do enjoy that. Would you ever sell? Uh, sell this business. Yeah. Um, I would not sell it for less than it's worth, that's okay. for sure. Okay. Um, okay. I I suppose the utopia is selling the business to the people that have got it where it's got to um, and allowing me to go on and do other things. I don't... It's easy for me to sit in there and say I wouldn't sell it to somebody that's just going to completely change its to what it... Who knows? But it's a bit like, I remember uh, David Gold and David Sullivan selling yeah. Birmingham City yeah. uh, to the Chinese. Um, you know, everyone's saying, how dare they do that? Yeah. Um, well, if I owned them and I was offered three times what it was worth or four times what it was worth, then I probably would do. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably do the same. Um, but, um, you know, I, I would like to think one day the people who have made it will be the owners of it, you know, management buyout. You've gone through the mill. um, You set up as an
0: entrepreneur, so I'll ask you some couple of closing questions. But you've also led an organisation and scaled it and got through COVID, which really, as we've said, was was an absolute nightmare, but you're over the other side. So just a couple of questions to finish off. Um, For other leaders... um, would you have any tips on as, as distinct from entrepreneurship? Yes, know, thinking, there so. is a
1: difference in it between entrepreneurs and leaders. Um, as an entrepreneur, make sure you surround yourself in people that are better than you. Um, so it's about people. It's about uh, recognizing what skill sets you haven't got, and get just just because you've started the business up doesn't mean to say that you are the best yeah. manager. Yeah. As an example, you may not be the best FD. So you put those people in place to do those roles so that would be my biggest but also as a as a as an entrepreneur or as a leader having a plan i think it's really important you wouldn't drive to london without a map or on a sat-nav, would you you'd, yeah. you know you'd you'd want to set, you, set yeah. your set uh, your your route and the same thing applies in business really you can't foresee unknowns like the pandemic but if you've got a if you've got a a route planned and you have to make a diversion, then so be it. But having a route down on paper, I think is really important. Understanding what you're up against, um, and have KPIs, have measurements in place along that timeline in order to set your store out, really, your stall out, and, and, and just keep, you can keep looking in your reverse mirror to see where you've been, and making sure that you're still on the right path.
0: How important do you think was mindset for you? Because, oh, I mean, not only in the early stages of trying to build something, but yeah.
1: again, during COVID,
0: my, mindset. Yeah, I doing? think,
1: well, passion for me has to be, you know, you can, it's very lonely at the top. And I say at the top, it's very lonely at the top of your business. Yeah. Um, it's very lonely. There's quite often not many people you can turn to for help or support. So actually, it's your inner self that gives you that support and that drive, and you just got to keep going. Um, it's a little bit like you know, on a on a a road in the middle of nowhere in a snowstorm. You know, you just got to keep going, and just keep believing in yourself. And if you've got that passion, that desire, and that want to get to the end, or get to where you want to get to, then it will happen. But if you're only going to do it, in, if you're only if you've been a bit half-soaked about it, or oh, I'm not sure. I don't think that's enough to get through. Um, You have to have that burn inside you. That's, you know, that real fire in your belly in order to get to where you want to get to. And that came from me when I was younger. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be like my father's um, employer, you know. And for me, that was nice big house, nice big cars, you know there's a lot of monetary stuff but actually everybody around him loved him and everybody respected him and
0: uh, interesting
1: and and that just that was sort of my driver um, that really you know I wanted to be like him <laughs> well look
0: uh, it, it's been fascinating uh, we've discussed the issues the problems the challenges but the opportunities that lie within running a family business um we talked about how strong you had to be in terms of leadership when COVID hit um, and how you had to cope. I think t- the biggest giveaway for me was, uh, insight was doing something outside of your core business because it gives you a different skill set. Yeah, It puts you in a zone you're not comfortable with. I think the best bit point was you said it also put the business in a zone they weren't comfortable with. They had to step up, which is really a really good insight. Uh, You've talked about the importance of uh, being doing things outside because it gives you a fresh appeal. Uh, You've reinforced the importance of the environment, of sustainability. Yeah. Uh, You've talked about that actually business is business. Uh, We cited three things, people, product, and you added technology to it. Uh, you talked about the inner drive when it all looks hopeless you've just (laughs) got to keep going you've just got to keep going yeah and and I think with 80% of the UK economy being service-led I think you emphasize the need for being really customer focused and making sure you do things your competitors don't do and thank you very much for the tips around entrepreneurship and leadership and you're an shining example of somebody who's built a business up from nothing. Has put so much back into the city, mm. which has served you well, and which you
1: have served. And hence, the gong yesterday. Yeah, so yeah.
0: congratulations!
1: Uh, again. Yeah, I, I just want to add one more thing yeah, as well. I think you know, a leader, just look at yourself. If you would not want to be led by that person, then you're not the right leader. So keep looking at yourself, making sure that your behaviours are that over a leader and that that you are that person that you would look to for leadership. Just use your mirror. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think that's uh, really important. Well, Tim, I'm going to
0: let you enjoy the rest of your days. Thank you. And the rest of a day and, and bask in the glory of yesterday. I wish it was a fantastic day. It
1: was great. It was uh, It was awesome. And, uh, yeah, it managed to make me cry c- a couple of times. So it brought tears to my eyes, which... Yeah, it's it's all driven by pride which is one of say one of my values that I, that I that i that that make me get out of bed in the morning um and there's nothing more prouder is that the word yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, than receiving that gong and, and and actually i was really really nervous when i stepped up to the mat <laughs> <laughs> i was going, and, and do you know what And yet you she, go on stages all the time she knew so much about me which do you know what the amount of people that get MBEs, yeah. it really hit me by surprise. You know, she knew everything about Love Brum, wow. um, you know, and I was one of 60 yesterday. So how yeah. can she know and remember all that? Extraordinary. Um, so I was blown away by, I've got a, a lot of respect for obviously the Royal family, but you know, the respect that actually I was important to her, not, the other way around as well, you know, and, and that was really nice to see. Wonderful. Well, listen, keep smiling. Yep.
0: And uh, enjoy <laughs> the rest of the day. And thank you very much for no, coming in so. after thank such a busy day in. yesterday and accommodating us. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode, and if so, please do leave a review. It all helps in promoting the podcast. Oh, and by the way, have a great day.